This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 234. My name is Nick Howell. And without a good shave this morning because Cody Rhodes is hoarding all the razor blades, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And welcome to the show. That's right, everybody. We got a big one today for you because we got to talk about AEW, which had a two-hour dynamite this week, as they always do. We also have NXT going home to take over in your house. We got to give our picks for that pay-per-view, which is happening tomorrow. And we got to talk about Friday night. SmackDown, which is about a week and a half away from Backlash. So they are setting up some matches for that. And we had some car flipping stuff over there. We got to talk about all of those things, Nick, but we can't jump right into it because, of course, we got to do our housekeeping. And I understand we have a special announcement today. So why don't you take it away and let everyone know what what we've got? (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> well, guys, as well, I'll get the normal stuff out of the way first. BWOPodcast.com. Okay. Come over to Facebook. Join us in the group. Like our page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWOPodcast. Subscribe to us right here on YouTube. That big red button that you're watching right now underneath the screen. Click it. And then click the little bell next to us. So you get notified anytime we put up new content, such as our BWO Daily Series. Now two weeks in, we're seeing some improvements on the channel from that. We really hope you guys are enjoying that kind of uh, short-form content from us, from your boys mm. at Busted Wide Open. Uh, last but certainly not least, patreon.com slash BWO is one of the best ways to support the show if you're interested. You can get access to exclusive reward tiers over there, such as access to the show notes, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series, getting to do the pickums, the patrons pickums challenge oh, yes. for the big four pay-per-views. we got SummerSlam SummerSlam's coming, coming baby. Mm. Where current champion Robbie RB will be defending his Patrons Pick'em's championship. Oh, bonus episodes like we did just last night. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the uh, draft that we did uh, in building our own federations. If what you guys a- have not gotten to hear it yet, make sure you go and check that out. What a bizarre so experience that here. was. Oh, it was. It was a lot. Of, it was actually a lot of fun. I went back and thought about it more, and I was like, "Wow, we were really onto some stuff there." So, we'll see. Uh, okay. <laughs> Big announcement time. Yay. 
I have been cracking the whip at Ugh. Sir Ian Dangerous for what? about six months now, making him uh, make all this, these new graphics, all these new designs, all these new things we've been wanting to come up with. And I'm happy to say, for you all watching live, you're going to get the first crack at it right now. If you mm. scroll down and look in the description below, you'll see merch with a link where you will have the ability to buy merch. Yep. All the new designs are up. All the new, uh, all of our new look is up. Check out the store. Click that link in the description down below next to merch. And if you happen to buy something while we're on stream right here, something really freaking cool is going to happen, <laughs> and I'm not going to spoil it. It's a, so we're just gonna have to cool. wait for it's the a, first person cute. to do it. It's cute. Yeah. It's 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 really cool. Like, <laughs> I, I geek out about it. You geek out. Uh, about I really it. geek out about yeah. it. Yeah. But yes, the the merch store is online. We are working on our pro wrestling tea store. Unfortunately, they were hit doing during the protests and riots in Chicago uh, this past week. So they are coming back online over the next few days. Then we lump COVID on top of that, and it's just they're behind a little bit over there. Yeah. So bear with us on that. We do have the Stream Elements store online. So make sure you click that link, check it out. Uh, and after the show today, I'll be sharing and announcing it publicly. So you guys watching live, congratulations. You get the exclusive. First shot. First shot. First shot at, uh, at uh, getting some of those mm -hmm. new goodies. There is a lot to choose from on that store. So we hope you guys like all the new designs. You can see one of them in Surrey, Surrey and Dangerous is wearing right now. Yeah. Um, oh. And we're going to have some more for the two of us, hopefully very, very Self -promotion. soon. Self-promotion. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So there you go, guys. Long time coming. Thank you all for being patient on the new merch store and the new designs and all of that kind of stuff. But they are up there. They are available. Uh, but, Ian, we got to talk about a lot of wrestling today. We do. And we're, we're going to kick things off with All Elite Wrestling. Well, right off the bat, we got to talk about the main event. Because as announced last week, Cody Rhodes defended his new, brand new, spanking new, hasn't even been finished, the belt. Uh, TNT Championship. And he defended it this week against the winner of the Battle Royale from last week, that being one jungle boy, Jack Perry, as Jim Ross is wont to say. Um, and I got to be honest, Nick, I kind of expected like just a straightforward TV match from this. I expected to have, you know, kind of like Cody's uh, Fighter Fest Darby Allen match where it was exciting, it was a good match, but okay, at the end, Cody retains and whoop de doo. That's not what we got. Cody basically no. went. We're we're doing paper. We're doing a pay per view grudge match here, and I'm gonna bleed everywhere. We're gonna go through a table. It's gonna be an absolute mayhem. Um, I'm gonna go even a little bit heelish. Cody went a little little like you know not full on poking eyes and anything, but he was a little intense on Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is definitely playing the baby face here, which makes sense of the two of them. Jungle's a little bit more baby ish. Um, but uh, yeah, Nick, I was taken aback at how hard they went or Cody in particular went on this match. Do you think it was a good idea? Like let's, let's leave the whole idea of him blading and bleeding everywhere on the table for a second. Is it a good idea to set it up where the very first match where you're going to be doing a match every week? And we know that I think next week is Mark Quinn, uh, is getting a shot at him right. from private party every week. You're defending it against a young, hungry guy. And you come out the gate with this match? Was, th was that a good idea? Did he set up something like a standard he can't possibly live up to? Or are they going to have to keep finding new ways to make each week's match exciting in a different way? 
Was this a good idea to have this match be this nuts? Um, I think I, I'm inclined. My gut wants me to say no, but I loved it. And if, if there's a, Listen, we've often talked about giving stuff away prior to pay-per-views. We've talked about not doing enough to set up new feuds or go into certain things. I, th- I think this was spot on. I think Cody has been openly vocal about uh, the his thoughts around Jungle Boy. And I think what he really wanted to do is give him a solid match. As we're, we feel like we're sort of resetting things right now. Post-TNT Championship Tournament. Uh, post double or nothing, things feel like they're they're ramping back up again to whatever the next thing is, and we're sort of at the ground floor. We've got to ramp back up. If you wanted to take Jungle Boy and shoot him to the moon, this is the way to do it. So I am not mad at this. I'm not mad that we gave gave this away. I think it's only going to get more intense. But they've set the bar high for these open challenges. You, what did you think the that, Championship? Wait, wait, wait. Do you think Jungle Boy is in any different position than he was before this match? Because he looked good in the match. But he already kind of looked like what, like in my opinion, he looked like what we expected. Yeah, he's a he's a game young competitor who can't win the big match. Okay, he's still the game young competitor who can't win the big match. This didn't change his perception. The only person whose perception it changed was Cody. Like this was just about Cody looking like he's willing to go, pardon the pun, all out for these title matches. And I don't know if you needed to go all this way this soon the match was kind of overbooked and i don't know if cody needed to bleed for this so yeah it's i don't know it was it, it was a bit Rhodes. of a head <laughs> they're gonna gig and blade if you he know, keeps, I, I, he's gonna look like abdullah the butcher if he keeps doing this man cody cody would have a, a match with a blow-up doll and somehow figure out how to how to bleed how to get color he's a Rhodes. well that's appropriate I, listen, and that's in that situation I, those blow up dolls have, the, you know, but where they, where they, where they, they get the two sides of the blow up doll, and they kind of like, you know, they when they where they melt them it's together. Like the seam. There's a little yeah. seam. That seam is very <laughs> it's sharp. Really sharp. It's really sharp. But they give you a knife edge chop. It's a knife edge chop. You you start bleeding. Like those blow up dolls are no joke, man. Don't don't yeah. take them lightly. I, I gotta. I or, gotta those, step or the in little here. girls. I, if you're like Kenny Omega, have a match with a little girl. They've got hangnails, man. Yeah. You come yeah. on. They'll they'll stab you in the eye with those. It's no joke. I I, I gotta break in here on us because we made a big announcement at the top and. Uh, you guys are showing up. Abraham bought a BWO logo hoodie. Uh, Will James got a put it in my eye holes Nick Howell t-shirt and an <laughs> I survived Nick booking t-shirt. And Line Drive got a put it in my eye holes Sir in Dangerous shirt. Yes, sir. That's I awesome, hope you guys, guys enjoy the little the drone delivering your order for you. <laughs> I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, it tickles me. I spent a lot of time on that. I hope you guys are thoroughly enjoying the uh, the little alert there. So sorry. Uh, back to the AEW. Uh, yes. I, I'm I'm very happy you, to see that all that is working. You've been waiting for that for months. <laughs> I've been I've been building and waiting for this for months. This is such a happy day for me that it's all working and going well. Whew. <laughs> okay. Where were we? Uh, yes. about the Easy roads. Just, They're going to get color. It, yeah. move, it's next. You know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying it's not necessary. I didn't think it was necessary here. Um, I also don't know if it was necessary to have a match between Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Super Bad Death Squad for Omega and Page's Tag Team Championships. This, again, like we said last week, this came out of nowhere. Best friends have been working for months to try to get their win-loss record to a point where they get to challenge the, for the tag team titles at a pay-per-view. And I know that it's been thrown out there, well, you get more money when you challenge at a pay-per-view. Okay, well, that needs to be really driven home when you're giving sure. a random 
recently put together tag team in the t- in a title match on TV out of nowhere, and then you go and give them 20 minutes. It's like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, what? How did these two guys get a title shot? Now, it's fine. The match was great. We really, I, honestly, like, I, I like the dynamic of Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc as Super Bad Death Squad. I think that it's, it's a great place to land for both of them in the tag division, which right now is a little thin because of the quarantine and everything. Um, and they, they work well together. The dynamic of like the, the squirrely high flyer and then kind of the lumbering, like just psychopath with all of the weapons and sure. cheating and everything with Jimmy Havoc, like it really works well. Um, and it made for a really good match. At no point did I think Superbad Death Squad was going to win this. They no. looked legitimate. And I think that going forward, they're a team to, to look out for. They'll put on good matches. But this was just kind of there. And I, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me to have this be a title match right here, right now. I, I almost feel like it should have been, you know, a title, a, a match for contention or something like that. If they win this, then they get to go face super, you know, best friends. And maybe because of like some serious Jimmy Havoc shenaniganry, they get a win on this match. Uh, or Penelope Ford for that match. Or Penelope Ford, like just all of the shenanigans they pull. They win this match. Then, because you've still got a bunch of weeks till Fighter Fest, uh, which is a two it's a two-week event now on Dynamite, the first week of uh, July, you've got plenty of time to have Super Bad Death Squad go and face the current number one contenders, they have to fight for the number one contendership over and over again. Have a feud go there. It gives you more TV. It seemed yep. bizarre to have to have this be a throwaway title match. Yep. I, I, the, when they said it was a title match, I thought we were going to quickly jump the titles off of Paige and Omega to get them onto this to end up having Best Friends versus Super Bad Death Squad at Fighter Fest. Because th- that's the only thing that made sense. It's the only reason why you would do the title match now. The fact that they retained here... Was, I just went, what, why, wait, what, 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 I couldn't find a question to ask. Like, why do we even do this? So this is, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of in the same boat you are here. It doesn't make any sense. What was the point of this other than hearing JR get upset that Penelope Ford got removed from ringside? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> that that guy but needs that, to, we got to make a shirt of JR, just like a goat in a hat. Yeah. And we can be like, no, it's because he's a goat. And it's really because he's a horny old goat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. Is Again, I, I liked this match. It was a great match. And I think that ultimately part of the reason was to kind of refresh us on Omega and Paige. They're really good. They can beat guys. They're the champions. Like, okay, now we know. And maybe we can move into a feud between them and best friends and establish what that is over the next couple of weeks instead. Yeah. It still seemed fatuous, superfluous, unnecessary. Um, but again, a good match, so I can't complain too much. Uh, we also had a fun little match between Chris Jericho and Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. Colt Cabana, uh, which kind of came out of nowhere. I, it's funny. Every time I see someone face Jericho, I'm like, whoa, well, they're facing Jericho. It was just it was just kind of a match. It was kind of there. Colt had a you know, he had a good game. Jericho ends up catching him coming off the turnbuckle with a Judas effect and one, two, three. That's it. And then Jericho is free to cut another promo on Mike Tyson saying he wants to knock his ass out. I want the baddest man on the planet. Send the baddest man on the planet out right now. Where are you, baddest man on the planet? And then, sure enough, some music hits, and out comes Orange Cassidy, who 
I guess, is the baddest man on the planet. All right, fine. I laughed so <laughs> hard. Send me Mike Tyson. Send me the baddest, baddest man yeah. on the And out comes Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off at the, just the sure, just awesome. It was just awesome. I, I loved this. And he comes out, takes Jericho's hands, which Jericho allowed him to do, tucks them into his belt as if to give the Orange Cassidy hands, and then does it himself. Jake's, Jake Hager, I almost said Jack Swagger. Jake Hager sneaks in and comes after him, ducks out of the way. Jericho goes after him, ducks out of the way. And he's saved by the best friends who are just so happen to be standing at ringside behind the barricade, pull him off and save him. Why am I all of a sudden into Jericho versus Orange Cassidy? Why am I excited about this? That sounds fantastic, and I think it's I a can't great... explain it, but I'm 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 over the moon about Here's it. Here's the problem, though, is that one thing that a lot of people had uh, as a criticism of the Jericho Tyson segment last week is that they said it felt like a joke, and people who were tuning in who expected something sports centric and serious were like, "This is a goof." Yeah, having Orange Cassidy be the feud that gets Jericho to Mike Tyson because they're not going to bring out Tyson every week. We're going to have to get Jericho to Fighter Fest where he faces he's allegedly going to face Tyson. Uh, we got to get him there another way and you're going to put him with one of your number one comedy characters? That's not going to dissuade people from thinking this is a joke. No. Is what I'm saying. Like, great. Jericho versus Orange Cassidy is going to be entertaining as hell. Is that the best way to get to Tyson? I don't know. So, hmm... Mm. Mm. I liked it, but, you know, Uh, on the Colt Cabana front of things, he went to the back and was like, man, I keep getting so close and can't quite make it. When, of course, Brody Lee comes up to him and says, it's okay, buddy. We all learn from our losses. Everyone loses. Subtly saying, even me. Uh, But here, have a water bottle. Come join the Dark Order. Think about it. And Cabana takes a sip of the water bottle. I don't know. I don't I don't think I want any of that. But does he? Was there something in the water, Nick? What do you think about, like, is, was this another swerve? Or do you think that at some point, Dark Order's got to get someone like a Colt Cabana to come to their side? I, I think they've got to get somebody besides Brody Lee that is a name. Well, they, I, and, I, and this is interesting yeah, to me. Once they open the Canadian border, they've got Evil Uno and, and Stu Grayson back. But, uh, you know, until then, I agree, man. They, they've got to... They, Especially after Brody lost to Mox clean, you gotta you gotta put some shine on the on the Dark Order. You gotta do something. They have been yeah. <laughs> they've been stop start since the the whole thing began. They come out, they look like they're terrifying at double or nothing, and then you know then they're just goons for a while. And then they, at the end of the year, they take out everybody, and then that gets reset. And Brody Lee comes in, looks like they're going to be world enders, and then he loses to Moxley, and it's just you know stop start. They're a big deal or they're not. Make up your damn mind. Um, so, yeah, they got to do something with them. Yeah. And maybe and maybe having them corrupt someone who's pure and innocent like Colt Cabana would be a good start to that. Yep. So, someone who is not pure and innocent is Brian Cage. Uh, we did we were fools last week, Nick, and, and forgot this segment until the very end of the show. But uh, last week, Cage came out, killed a man, and John Moxley was on commentary and was kind of like snickering about them in the ring, calling him out. Well, this week, Taz and Cage came out. Cage killed Sean Dean, just murdered the guy. A lot more, lot more suplexes this week, and every time he did a suplex, Taz would, would laugh, which is great. I think that's, that's an awesome idea, like put more suplexes in Cage's arsenal to show that connection with Taz. Good stuff. Um, but at the end of it, 
Taz comes out, takes off his sunglasses, which as a man who has sunglasses as a gimmick, I can tell you, that's, that's a real thing when a guy takes off his sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, looks right in the camera. And you it's and like, the guy from CSI Miami. Sorry, go ahead. I'm just David. People that uh, get the joke David, get it. David Caruso. Dave Caruso, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's I just remember from NYPD Blue, so it took me a while to yeah. figure out who the hell you were talking about because I'm old as dirt. But uh, so Taz looks right into the camera and it's just like, "Hey, John Moxley, we did not appreciate you snickering at us last week. You think you can't take us seriously? We're gonna kill you." Uh, and Moxley comes out and essentially, you know, gets right up in their faces. And says, hey, why don't you take me seriously? I'm John goddamn Moxley. And I can take you seriously or not seriously if I want to. Gets all up in their faces and then leaves. Um, here is the problem. Uh, Moxley coming out and saying, you're someone with a different breed of shark. Don't waste my time with intimidation tactics. To them, in the ring... And Cage is kind of standing there staring at him. But then Moxley just kind of like, you know, drops, Mike drops on him and walks away. Jump him! Yeah. Jump him! It made Cage look like a goof. Oh, yep. well, I guess you can talk shit to me and you can walk away. What are you, what? Jump him! Jump this man! He got into your ring and said, I don't give a crap about you. I don't, I don't care if, I don't care who you are. Yeah, you're a good specimen, but you know what? I'm John goddamn Moxley. Jump his ass. They, they had Brody Lee and, and the Minions do it a, a few weeks ago. That Maybe that's C why Cage they didn't can't. do it. They didn't want to repeat. But right now it feels like John Moxley isn't taking Cage seriously. And I'm starting to agree with him. If, and, and the problem is, is that that shouldn't be how it is. I, John Moxley should be on some level taking Cage seriously. Or if he's not, Cage needs to make him take him seriously. Or else this is going to be a dud of a match because if Moxley is sitting there going, you're not a big deal, what's, what's, the, what's one of the classic things they teach you about building for a wrestling storyline is the heel has to be enough of an intimidating factor to the face that we're worried for the face. Yeah. If not, then there's no reason for, for the face to overcome them. If the face, it's, it's just another, if, if, if we didn't believe Jungle Boy could beat Cody, why is he in the match? Why would we care about the match? If we didn't believe that Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc could beat Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Page. Why would we care about the match? We have to believe that he can beat him. We have to believe that in some level, Cage is capable of beating John Moxley. And if, he's, if, it's, if it's a scene like this where Moxley comes out and goes, yeah, I mean, I guess you're a specimen, but I'm John Moxley. Okay, then why should we care about this match? Yeah. If you're not, if you're not concerned about it, then why should we be? Uh, why, why, if, if you're not going to attack him... You know, I'm wondering how just how Healy they want to make Cage. I'm wondering if they're still trying to figure out that he is a, a monster heel, but with some integrity and honor. But you know, you know what I mean. You know what I'm going with that. Like that's. But you the, can but make him way, just like yeah. any other heel, like the Brody Lee and the Minions jumped him and attacked him and overwhelmed him, but he still kind of rose up and said, "All you had to do was ask." Whereas to juxtapose that with Cage, now you've got someone that's like. I'm a big bad man, and maybe but I've, it's, got, I've got honor. Maybe you know? it's a cage thing where he didn't know how to sell the whole thing because he was just kind of standing there awkwardly. You know, maybe if he'd kind of laughed and brushed off, like, okay, Mox, you <laughs> idiot, you have no idea what's coming your way. You know what I mean? Or if like he'd had Tad, Taz hold him back or something. Something. 
Maybe yeah. it's on Cage for not selling anything. Do you know or what I mean? If but this, they had backed out of the ring as you know something like Taz back, had, back had down. coached him to kind of yeah. yeah, like Lance Archer. This is not the time. This is not the time, man. We only do this for money. Whatever yeah. it is, right? Something. This was just nothing. And I I was critical of it last week when Moxie was laughing at them, and I liked the fact that Taz called him out on it. Oh, you were snickering at us because I was like, well, this that John Moxie isn't taking it seriously. Why should we? So it's Taz coming out and being like, you're not taking it seriously? We'll make you take it seriously. And then they double down on it. And Moxley gets in and doesn't take them seriously to their face. And they don't do anything about it. And we have a few weeks left till Fighter Fest. Okay. So we, this could build. We could have, the story could be Moxley's not taking them seriously at first. And at some point, they get to him. Yeah. And they piss him off. Oh, I think they'll get to him before Fighter Fest. We've got three weeks. But this was this was a step in the wrong direction. This was a misstep here, is what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, speaking of which, we also had a little backstage interview. They found Darby Allen pouting backstage, as he seems to be wont to do. And they said, uh, hey, any thoughts on Cage, who you know, took you out of the, the, battle, the, the ladder match for that title shot uh, at the pay-per-view? And Darby just kind of, me, 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 life is a joke, but I'll get the last laugh. On Brian Cage, um, whatever that means. So I, I don't know if the best case scenario here, Nick, and and tell me if I'm on the right page here. To me, the best case scenario with with those setups is Taz and Brian Cage know they have Moxley's number and they're letting him be overconfident, and then Cage is going to start ripping him apart. But Darby will cost Cage the match. That's that's the best case scenario here where it shows that Moxley got overconfident and cocky. But the only reason he lives is because of Darby Allen. Hmm. That I wouldn't be mad with if they're going to set it up this way. I don't know if it's smart enough for that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, or I feel like they're trying to do character development on Darby a little bit. I'm getting Joker vibes. I'm getting Batman villain kind of vibe off of, off of Darby Allen right now. And and I don't know which one, but there's some guy, some kind of you'll never get me, copper, you know, just some kind of thing like that that's coming out of Darby Allen that I'm that I'm seeing. I don't know where it's gonna go. I don't. We we had Darby getting set up with Taz, and then Cage shows up and he's with Taz. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's an and, obviously and it, a story there. But here's the there thing: there is, you know, when you're saying I don't know if it's smart enough for that. Well, don't don't be jaded by years and years of WWE creative. Fair. There is a they have shown before. They have taken some long game looks at story in AEW. It's totally possible that they can pull off a two month story with Darby and Cage. Totally possible. Yep. Don't know if they will. Maybe they've got something else in mind. They definitely swerved me before with some of their story turns, and I've and I've liked it. Um, that being said, right now, I think that how they're presenting Cage is a bit of a mistake in terms of how Moxley is. Like Moxie not taking him seriously, I think is a sure. mistake. Unless they're, unless that is part of the story, unless him not taking them seriously is part of the story. In which case, I'll eat my words. Yeah. But uh, uh, Nyla Rose and Big Swole had a match. First time we've seen Big Swole in a ring in I think three months or so. Um, and she I has been, this. she's obviously been training. I know that uh, Dustin and a couple other guys have been working with the ladies. Um, both backstage and at Monster Factory to try to get, you know, try to try to shine him up a little bit. Swole, Nick, one of my criticisms the last time she had a match was that her strikes looked like she was swinging pillows. 
Okay. Like she was just, it was just like, she wasn't in there trying to actually hit the other person or hurt the other person. She was in there kind of showing off and it definitely felt like play fighting. It didn't look like that in this match. She heard you. Every, well, someone did or someone there <laughs> thought that was, that was, <laughs> that, that, that was the case as well. And also, uh, worked on that directly because this match, everything she did had a purpose she didn't just go out there and start showboating for no reason. There was a logic to the progression of moves. There was only one thing I caught where I felt like it was a bit of a rookie mistake, and that was at the end. Nyla gave her a, a not a leg breaker, but she went for that. She slammed her knee on the canvas, and Swole just no sold it. Where she could have sold the leg, and the ending would have made more sense. But um, but overall, a massive improvement from Big Swole in in ring. And Nyla looked great here as well. I feel like kind of Nyla was the base for a lot of this and, and really did her part well. This, yeah. was a, this was a really actually eye-opening match, Nick. Sleeper match of the show, uh, in totally. my opinion. I, totally. I, I didn't see this coming from Swole, and I, I, I couldn't be more excited and happy about it. We were Fantastic. saying they need more pieces in the women's division, and the fact that she was able to pull off this match made me go, nice, another good piece. We, we've liked Big Swole, but she definitely had some rough edges, and this was the best showing I've seen from her frankly. Um, yeah. And after that, I mean, here's the thing. She's always been good outside the ring. Character presentation, attitude, all the rest has been off the charts. It was just in the ring. So she does a good match, and then she gets out, and Britt Baker, who's there on the side of the ring in a gigantic chariot-like thing with her wheelchair inside of it, like, <laughs> it's like a tractor, like a mobile tractor. She's and she almost lashed <laughs> down to the back of a golf cart, like in the bed of one of those <laughs> golf course landscaping carts. Yes. Back it up, Rebel! <laughs> and she almost runs the over the guardrail. She's just tied down and just <laughs> just in the back of a. I'm dying laughing <gasps> during this whole she, thing. And, and Britt Baker also had like a video package too of her rehabbing and like just like doing like horrible workout stuff where she's like she's trying to do like the ropes and they're barely moving and she tries to like do it tries to do a curl and they give her a weight that's too big she throws it at him they give her a smaller weight. The best uh, was her rolling her wheelchair trailing a, a, a barbell right a tiny her. a tiny little five pound barbell right oh, and barely moving God. it <laughs> like a sled <laughs> she was barely on the show and she was one of the best parts of the show but so she almost runs over big swole with her with her wheelchair tractor contraption and <laughs> swole just starts jawing at her to the point grabs a chair to the point where B baker has to like retreat in her <laughs> like wait like almost runs into something back else it up, Reba. back it up <laughs> <laughs> ah i died but Swole looked great here. She looked like, yeah. you know, she just lost a tough loss to Nyla Rose um, and was fired up, like, just had great attitude all around, like, just this whole segment. Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, big Swole, good all around. Very good all yes. around. Very hopeful. Women's for the division is looking hot. It's looking better. It's, it's on yes. the right track for Far sure. and away from where we were four to six months ago. So. Just, it's a whole different division. <laughs> Oh God! Now we got to get said, to uh, Back where... it up, Reba needs to be a shirt. Back it up, Reba needs to be a shirt. <laughs> back it up, Rebel. <laughs> oh my God! Um, now we're going to get to a part of the show where uh, we've got to discuss something else, and this may be controversial. FTR, okay, formerly the Revival. FTR stands for formerly the Revival, huh? It does that too. Um, we're interviewed by Tony Schiavone in. What looked like the lobby of something, some Jaguars, maybe maybe it was actually the stadium. 
But it, looked, it was the yeah, damn lobby. Front offices of the stadium, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're out there, all black denim and black shirts, and basically talk about why they came to AEW. And the assumption was because of the Young Bucks. And they're like, oh, no, we don't give a crap about them. We're here to just be the best tag team on the planet. In- interesting. We're like, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll face the Bucks at some point. But y'all think it's a dream match. We're like, whatever. Um, interesting. So, yeah. Nick, I've got to ask you. I want to hear your opinion here first because I've definitely got my opinion. And I will save it. What did you think about this segment? And how it made them look. How like this is this is first impression. Maybe first impression of them talking. Obviously, they, they jumped in the ring last week, got in the Bucks' faces, but they ended up beating up uh, Butcher and Blade, who interrupted the segment at the end. And you know they have a match for next week now. But what did you think of the first look at FTR? My first look was them racing up in a muscle truck and coming in and attacking Butcher and Blade after pretending they were going to do attack the young bucks. This is not what I anticipated nor expected nor frankly wanted out of the revival. I don't even know what to call them right now. We'll just call them FTR. FTR. Well, that's what they're called. Yeah. I this is not what I wanted to see out of my beloved revival, FTR. Uh I wanted to see them continue to give me no flips just fists kind of attitude uh just in a different venue. Now, I don't mind doing these kinds of backstage interviews but not yet. I need to see you work. I want to see you come out and whip some ass. And we got to see a little bit of that last week in their debut with Butcher and Blade. But this sitting down and, and talking about it, what what does FDR mean? FTR mean? At, I, at the end, he's like, I thought it meant, I thought it meant uh, uh, f the revival, and like they bleep out the f bomb and the revival, and they're like, ha, 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 no, you know, they've said it's it's um, f the rest. Like obviously it's open and it could be, you know, formerly We're the spending revival. Way too much time on what their name is. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it yeah. really at the end of the day it doesn't matter. But it, what matters is they have to come across looking like a great tag team. And frankly, here yes. they came across as a little doofy, in my opinion. Yep. They didn't. Yep. They didn't give the impression of being a great tag team. They didn't. Honestly, like they didn't have a whole lot of charisma. They didn't make. We know. Be, we they know they, they have that. Though. Oh yeah. Oh no. They're they have great charisma and they're fantastic workers. That's that's I think why I was disappointed in this is I know that they're better than this. I know they're better than this. This was disappointing because this did not le- live up to their reputation and what we know they can do. Yeah. And for those who haven't seen them in maybe like NXT or don't you know only know them as like the goofball Usi Hot revival. Are looking at them and going, eh, why should yeah. I care? That's not good. That's not good. Well, midway through the interview, Butcher and Blade in their all white new outfits, which I'm still confused about, come racing down the stairs to get theirs back after being blindsided last week by FTR, uh, only to be split up by a bunch of people that manifested out of nowhere and just came running in from the side. Were they were they all just hanging out off to the side when Tony was interviewing FTR? <laughs> they were they were running around the building the entire time, right. looking for them, and thought to look in the lobby at the perfect moment. So um, Butcher and Blade, first opponents for FTR, do we is what it looks like they're setting up. Is that that's that's not what I would have done if I had a hot tag team like the Revival joining my company. And I'm I'm curious here. I I wanted to give these guys a hot start. They came out of the gun just hot. 
racing up in a muscle truck, black leather outfits. Black denim. like they were going to be dick heels in... Black uh, denim. Denim, wh- yeah. whatever. Yeah. Little dick heel in black denim. And then it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. It, it feels like a bit of a wet fart at this point. Yep. Yep. And I'm, I'm waiting for them to wipe. Yep. So, yeah, I, I'm glad we're on the same page. I was, I was feeling bad because I'm like, did that suck or was it just me? It was a whole lot of, eh. It was a whole, you know, it, and that's the thing. It didn't suck. It was just a whole lot of meh. And it's a team yeah. that shouldn't be meh. No. Like, you guys have no finally, reason to be meh. Dude, and I'm, I'm pissed. I'm so mad. I listened to their stuff on the Cornette show. And it was so much of confirming everything that we had feared for all of that time was going on with them. Like, well, that couldn't be actually, it couldn't be that bad. It couldn't actually be what we think. No, it really was. It was as worse. Bad as we, it was worse. It was worse. The Raw 25 debacle where they buried them. They got buried by DX, which was, man, you and I on that show, we were pissed about that. We're like, what yep. the actual F are you doing? What are you doing? Apparently, they came backstage after getting buried by the dude they thought they could trust, Triple H. All of them, everyone from DX goes by them, doesn't shake their hand except for X-Pac, which props to him for that. Apparently, the first thing they did when they came back through the, the, the curtain was punch the wall, as hard as the concrete wall, as hard as he could. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. That's absolute bullshit. The shit they went through in WWE is complete garbage garbage listen to them talk on Cornette. i got so damn hot i was so pissed. like you've got to be kidding me that this is how your company works and i know we've heard all kinds of horror stories about wwe and we always try to assume the best but this was just more of the same like what are you when vince is apologizing to you and saying that the system is broken vince it's your goddamn system but the problem is is that then the then they show up here on aew and you're like you're finally free guys Come out and look cool. And they didn't. And that's disappointing. So Very, very disappointing. Um, <sighs> and, and listen, I, I take things with a grain of salt when I hear it coming from Cornette, but Cornette wasn't telling this story. They were telling this story. Oh, yeah. Cornette was just there. Cornette, Cornette can get the names. He was just given some color laughs because he knows. Oh, he kno- some of the stuff they talked about, Pritchard, Pritchard. not knowing when their <laughs> contracts were going to end. He's, yeah, he just died. He just died. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh yeah, he did, uh, yeah. We call him the artful Dodger at one point. Like, oh god, great. By the way, everyone, yeah, go. Li- like, whatever your thoughts on Cornette, like this is one you can listen to. Cornette doesn't jump in too much. Like, it's it's just good to hear what they went through. It's it's insane. But again, here they are, and it's honestly, I I'm worried. I'm worried. It's not to. Uh, they'll be fu- they will be fine, Nick. They'll be fine. Just to clarify, but not off to the best start. Not off to the start that I wanted. No. Um. Someone who's changing direction, who, who just got to AEW and has been gangbusters so far, is Matt Hardy. And he showed up as, I get, what was it, be like classic Matt Hardy gimmick? Yeah. Like, it was like his singles run there for a bit with Edge. Um, yeah, it wasn't version 1.0, but it was, it was something like that. It was, it, was like, yeah. it was like, you know, mid-career Hardy. Early, early yeah, it was 2006, Edge and, Edge and Lita and Hardy. Yeah. Kind of look. Yeah. Um, he came. He was backstage. He found Private Party, and uh, said he was there to be helpful to them. And like, hey, you guys, you know, how are you feeling after last week where you had that match? Like, sorry, it went the way that it did. How's your knee? Okay, cool. Well, hey, I'm here. If you guys want to bounce any ideas off me, I just want to be a support role model, mentor, etc. I get and, a lot of vibes off of you guys. Like, yeah, like we were back today. Uh, cool. And they they bounced some stuff off him. He was like, okay, very cool, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Ka-ka. 
And then he took off to the hallway and passed Sammy Guevara, who was wheeling around on his little knee scooter. And uh, he, was, he was like, hey, Sammy, good game last week. All the respect. And then he walks off, and Sammy just kind of gives him a look like, what the f- was that? What was that? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> so this is interesting. Matt Hardy, no Damascus. We've now got another version of Matt Hardy running around backstage being mentor Matt Hardy. What? Huh? What is this? Do you think he's going to be like, Is it, okay, so here's one possibility, Nick, and let me see how this strikes you. Matt Hardy is the manager slash guy who's coaching private party. Is that a good call, or do we have too much of that old guy, young, uh, young guy or guy's dynamic going on in AEW right now? Oh, I want to see a full-on, like, James McAvoy in Split. I want to see, like, multiple personalities. I want to see, and, and, like, fully doing different things and being a part of different programs as different characters because I trust that Matt Hardy can pull it off. I like that if he's the manager of Private Party and then next week he comes out in his red gown as bro, as Damascus, yeah, I want to see full-on split personalities, different performance. Like, take this to 11. He's one of the hottest things you've got right now. Mm-hmm. We've all been waiting to see for almost a decade. We've, all, we've been waiting to see this broken gimmick be given justice and brought back. Now we've got it. Turn it up. Well, I feel don't, like don't, don't this pull is. back. Well, I don't think they're pulling back. I think they're they're exploring all the angles of it. He's now basically saying, "Well, not only am I just broken Matt Hardy, I'm the Matt Hardy of a thousand gimmicks." Like sure. he's he's one upping Mick Foley here. He's like, "Oh yeah, you had the three faces of Foley. I've got like the eighteen faces of Matt Hardy, and I can be them whenever I want." <laughs> so maybe you're right. Maybe that he will be like the mentor at one moment, and then like Damascus at another moment, and doing other shit. Like who knows? Who knows? The the I'm I'm eating it up. I it, love the it. promotion is his oyster. I just don't know if we need another n- another one at like it's it's already they've already been accused accused of doing it too much, having the the old wrestler representing the young wrestlers. You know what I mean? For example, yeah. let's talk about the next one. Tully Blanchard ripped Sean Spears a new asshole this week. Um and it was amazing. Dude, Tully, Tully dropping the mic on the promos, man. Dropping the mic on him. Just ripped Sean Spears a new butt. And then he gets into the limo, this on this show, and is like, all right, all right. I've got it figured out, Sean. I know what we're going to do. Got a nice little box here. And then gives it to Sean. Sean opens it. And inside is a single black glove. Mm. Fingerless black glove. And he put, Sean Spears puts it on and kind of like smiles for a second and then looks really pensive. And I couldn't tell if the pensive look was what the hell am I doing? Or I'm nervous about what comes next now that this glove is on my hand. That now, he's Michael Jackson or No, he's what? not Michael Jackson. Like this is this is like Blackjack Mulligan stuff. I mean, right. I don't know if they can do that when, you know, Blackjack Mulligan's actual grandson is in WWE wearing a black glove and Seth Rollins is also doing the one black glove gimmick, but okay. Here we are. So there was there was something I found online that I wanted to quote, and I'll throw this at you. Uh, unnamed source. The black glove that has been part of wrestling history for decades. Ted DiBiase, Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Windham have yeah, all Barry worn Windham. this glove. Yeah. It's time for the Perfect Ten to show how heartless he really is. That was the impression I got was you have to be heartless, you have to be mean, like you've got to be more of an asshole. Um, 
You were already there when you hit Cody in the head. And yeah, maybe you lost your way, and this is their way of kind of restarting that, but I don't know. It's you're gonna have to convince me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm Mm, yeah, You're gonna I have to know. convince me. The other, the other thing that I've skeptically gotta, optimistic, <laughs> skeptically optimistic. You know what, Nick? Yes. Good point. Good point. As we say on this show all the time, hashtag skeptically optimistic. Hope they can pull this off. Sean has needed to have that edge for a while. Yep. Again, it's just you've already got two people with black gloves out there in the wrestling world right now, and one of them is, I think, already doing a great job with that, and that's Seth Rollins. So how are they going to differentiate? Now, obviously, Seth has the full glove. This is the fingerless glove. So, ooh. but I don't know. Convince me. Yeah. Um, and there's one other thing, and that is that we're going to find out this Tuesday what the status of Tessa Blanchard is over an impact. Is she still the champ or is she gone? Her contract's up soon. They haven't, they haven't talked about her being the champ for a while. She doesn't have it listed on her social media. What's going on there? Could she be AEW bound? Lord knows their division could use someone like Tessa Blanchard. Tully's her dad. Is the you know if the association between Sean and Tully comes to an end, just throwing that out there. Mm. And then finally, Lance Archer. How could Impact not back up the Scrooge McDuck vault to Tessa Blanchard at this point? I don't know. Um, Tessa has made enemies everywhere she's gone. That's a good point. So that's a good point. Yeah. It's quite possible her attitude got the best of her again over there. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. There's a lot with that story that I, I'm currently speculating on, but I'm not, you know, don't have any information on yet. Yeah. We do have the information that Lance Archer is pissed off because he was in like a construction yard or something. There was some poor luchador he was just tossing against walls and murdering. And why was Alex Marvez like leaning down like this, like just like looking up? Because at- Lance was trying to kill Alex Marvez. He's like, I'm so mad. Doesn't matter if I lose once. I'm gonna come back and kill everybody. Bam! Everybody dies. And he walks off. And Jake the Snake is like holding Alex Marvez. Like, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, uh, you caught him at a bad time. <laughs> that was gr- great stuff. Looks like Lance Archer's back on track. I loved Jake being kind of like a bit scared of him too. It really yeah. sold that Lance is terrifying. So this was a great little bit, too. Very, very simple, very effective, good stuff. Yes. So that is AEW, Nick. That is wrapped up, which, man, we got to talk. We have a lot of things to talk about over at NXT because they got a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. So, Nick, let's head over and discuss NXT. Well, before we get started with NXT, uh, Esme has arrived in the chat and has found a link to the merch and bought a Put It In My Eye Holes, Sir Ian Dangerous t-shirt. Thank you very much, Esme. Appreciate it. I hope you guys are enjoying that, uh, my my drone. (laughs) Uh, Nick's drone. He's He's been talking about this thing with me for months. Like, I've got a drone. When they buy things, they'll be a drone. (laughs) <laughs> all right it's uh, vanguard one <laughs> i've brought him back it's nick guard one yes oh my goodness nick guard one nick guard okay. one okay that over might be a thing. over in nxt uh we've got to talk about the interim <sighs> cruiserweight championship tournament which wrapped up on this show i was wondering why they did it on this show nick and now we kind of know because they're they're their card for takeover in your house is packed. There's no room. And this needed, I thought this needed a sh- like its own main event, which it got on this show. 
Elijo de Fantasma versus Drake Maverick. If Drake loses, he's out of the company. If he wins, they're forced to keep him around because he's the champion. At least that's the story. And we had a competitive... I wouldn't even say competitive. Drake's always going to be the underdog. He just you know, he stayed alive against Elijo de Fantasma. Um, it was a lot of him just trying to, trying to stay in it. A lot of heart, a lot of guts. Uh, but at the end... Phantasma goes to the outside, and the Lucha Ninjas show up, and it looks like they're about to attack Ihude Phantasma. And Drake Maverick, being the honorable guy that he is, Tope Suicida through the ropes onto the Lucha Ninjas. They go sprawling. He beats them up, chases them off, gets back into the ring, eats a super kick, and a powerbomb, one, two, three. He's out. It was a powerbomb or Falcon Arrow. Anyway, he's out. He's done. He's toast. Ihude Fantasma is your interim cruiserweight champion, and Drake Maverick is done. Before we say anything else, yes. I want to call out, <laughs> I want to make a point that Will James just brought up. $10 super chat. Thank you very much, Will. Really appreciate it. He says, Dear Morrow and Beth, it's pronounced Eho, not Eo or Heho. Eho. It is, and you don't have to say the L every in front of it every it, hijo de fantasma you know you don't it, it's de not del yeah why are they doing del del I can understand why I've I've mixed that up sometimes too of the of the fantasma but it's it's of yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I that one I understand that but yeah hijo del is a plural pluralized you know, version you're, you're, you know you know you don't you don't speak Spanish that much you see h i j o you you know it's we're lucky they don't go hijo. <laughs> Hijo, 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 de fantasma. Like we're lucky that we don't get that. Hijo de phantasm. I've seen it both ways, Beyonce. I've seen yeah. it del fantasma, and, and and actually, it kind of works. It's just a matter of it's of or of the. Yeah. So it it works other way, and it's neither here nor there. Damn it! The point is, is that he's your new cruiserweight champion. Which hey, King Cuerno. Yeah, buddy. Way to go, dude. About time. Yeah. About time. Um, and Drake Maverick's out only as he is tearfully leaving, looks heartbroken, walking up the ramp. All of the all of the uh, the poor paid audience or barely paid audience. I guess I guess they were paid in pizza. I think I know Nikki Nikki Cross bought everyone pizza. Um, maybe that was after SmackDown. Anyway, uh, as he's leaving tearfully, out comes Papa Triple H with a little. Little envelope, what is it? A little folder, a little binder. 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 Rips, reaches around and opens it up, and it's an NXT contract. And Drake looks at him like, Is this what I think it is? And Triple H's like, Yes, it is. And he's like, You're one of us. And Drake signs it, <gasps> grabs it, and we get, uh, we go to. No, he said, to, You've earned this. You've earned this. He also said, You're one of us. Anyway, you've earned this. You're one of us. Okay. Drake Maverick is re-signed by NXT despite losing the tournament, showing his heart and his guts, showing that he is really NXT. Okay, there's a lot to take out of this, Nick. And we got a long way to go. I don't want to spend. I could I could I, talk for an could, hour about yeah, this. We could we and could if you, really if you listen get into back it. to the last six weeks of episodes. You guys have been here along the way and know how I feel about this. So I'm not going to regurgitate it all right here. Well, give but, give us the Reader's Digest. Give us give us like a two sentence how you felt when you saw this go down. It, it, it validated my fears of the last, ever since they did the massive layoffs of 20 plus superstars mm -hmm. and who knows how many actual staff and furloughs and all of that kind of stuff, which to be fair, we did hear that they're bringing some of the furloughs back this week. We did hear that. But 
it validated my fears in that this what is unknown is whether or not it was a work or whether they took something that Drake did organically and turned it into something else. We will never know that unless he comes unless he goes on Cornette's podcast and tells the story one day, we will never know. But to use this to overshadow all of the other layoffs and furloughs by leveraging it into a storyline and then having him overcome all odds along the way against some of the best wrestlers in the world overcoming these guys to get to the final only to be awarded a contract at the end. And yeah, on, regardless. On paper, yeah. on the surface, this should be the most heartwarming story mm-hmm. we've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah. But it is tainted with that release, yeah. that massive releases, and it's tainted with WWE's efforts of overshadowing the bad action. Like, look, we're, we're good I'm guys. I'm sorry. I can't be happy. I'm happy for Spud. I'm, I'm happy so for happy for him, but at the I, same time, yeah. It warms my time, yeah. cockles and my subcockles just to the to no end <laughs> well, d- that Drake Maverick is staying in WWE. Right. He, that, was, that might be the best match he's ever had in his career. I loved it. It was fantastic. Oh well, his whole run in the tournament. His whole run in the tournament's been superlative. But I've got and and you know what? I'm kind of coming around on Leo Rush a little bit because I've seen some stuff he's been posting online, including the letter he wrote to management about um, you know him being asked to carry other people's bags and get them beers and stuff. Anyway, that was a professional ass letter. Like he he was like, hey, I've got some complaints. Let me come to you professionally and discuss them with you. And they never got back to him. So like I'm starting to come around on his side of the story a bit. Um, definitely I can see how they would still have an attitude problem and be tough to deal with. But at the same time, like, I feel like he's got a little bit more legitimacy here. And he was, he was one on Twitter saying, this is kind of a spitting in the face of everyone else who was let go and didn't have an opportunity for WWE to have a storyline where it's like, see, if you just have enough heart and guts and reach for that brass ring, you too could have kept your job. That's kind of like, man, screw you, (laughs) you know, um, I think the one way they could have played this that might have worked out better is instead of just arbitrarily giving him the contract right then, have him walk out, leave. He's done, right? Um, and I think everyone's suspicion is that the Lucha Ninjas are working for Ehud Fantasma, right? If okay. that turns out to be true and those Lucha Ninjas cost Spud the match... Wouldn't that be a better story to then have him come and then go to him and apologize? Yo, we let you go because these guys screwed you over. Come back. You're going to get another shot at getting your contract back. And then he works to get his contract back. It becomes a story about how he got screwed out of his contract and not how magnanimous WWE is by saying you showed so much heart and guts. Let's just give you a contract just because, you know, we're good people. You see what I mean? I do. There's another way they could have done this, and I think that would have been better. But, it would have been better, but it still wouldn't have undone the the. God, I just I can't. No, but it would have been. I can't better. get past my own thoughts here. I want yeah. to be so happy for Drake. Congratulations, Phantasma. I, I am I am over the moon about you being in in NXT. You're kind of a perfect fit for it. You're the hot new luchador that we've been waiting for for some time. Uh, I think you're going to do great things. I'm happy you're cruiserweight champion, but. Yeah. I cannot not just ruminate and, constantly. I can't get past it on my own. And that's own. the thing, Nick. If we hadn't, if, we, if it was out of context, out of context of all of those other firings, 
this storyline was fantastic, and Drake oh. genuinely knocked out of the park. And it's it's it was hard, even with that context in my mind, to not get emotionally drawn into his story because he did it so well. It was so good. It was so good. And honestly, this moment in front of an actual crowd would have been absolutely like lights out. One of the best moments of his career. Yeah, he was it's, he was screaming again. Uh, he was crying again, not yeah. to tap out, and all that. Just the stuff that so really good. put him over throughout the tournament, and just it was this whole run of his. Yeah, I I, I can't. I've, I'm repeating myself now. Yeah. All right. Just, so we we're on the same page with that. But <laughs> we, as you said, we have a lot to get. To. We have a lot to get to. We're we've made it clear how we feel about that. Yes. <laughs> the best of times, the worst of times with Drake Maverick. Uh, but just yeah, Happy's got the the contract. We'll see where he goes next. We'll see what they do with him. Um, it's also interesting what they're doing with the women's division because there's a lot of stuff going on here. You had Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim to open the show, and they start off having a a pretty nice knockdown dragout match, uh, beating the crap out of each other. Mia Yim wheelbarrowing Candace into the barricades outside, all kinds. They, they, they brawled so much outside, they got counted out. And they kept brawling, and they brawled up the ramp. And when they got to the top of the ramp, all of a sudden, out comes Tegan Knox to help Mia Yim. Well, then out comes Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and then out comes Shotzi Blackheart. We have a huge women's brawl at the top of the ramp. And then Johnny Gargano comes out to help Candace fight off Mia. Well, because of Johnny's out there, Keith Lee comes out there to defend his girl, Mia Yim, and then all four of them roll back into the ring, and we've got a mixed tag while the other women go shuffle off into the backstage area. And then we have a mixed tag between Gargano, who's still in his street clothes, because Regal just made the match on the spur of the moment, which was a great, great little bit, uh, versus Keith and Mia. And this was a fun little match, too, where you got to you, our first really genuine look at Candace and Johnny working together as a heel team. And Johnny just being an absolute squirrely little scumbag um, where his actually his street clothes actually helped them because Keith Lee gets him up and Johnny's on his back and he gets his car keys out of his pocket and stabs Keith in the eye with his car keys which uh, and then gets the roll-up win and then scampers off and leaves Keith and Mia pissed off in the ring. One of my favorite shots with Keith Lee pressing Johnny Gargano in the air and, and little Candice LeRae hanging on the back of, <laughs> of Keith Lee. <laughs> just like a little fly. Just like He's so just, big compared to Johnny. It's absolutely a hilarious juxtaposition of body sizes. Two he's humans. bigger than Johnny and Candice combined. It's like they're you can both see like it in the, that picture. They're like the size of his legs. It's amazing. Um, I also love... <laughs> Johnny goes into his pocket to get his keys out and his wallet goes flying. The ref snags the wallet and never gives it back to him. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny got robbed in the middle. Johnny robbed Keith and Johnny got robbed by the ref. It was great. Um, okay, so this is all setting up. All of this is setting up the fact that we have a three-on-three women's match. Mia, uh, it's going to be Mia and Tegan and Shotzi versus Raquel and Dakota and Candice in a women's tag match. And, of course, Johnny Gargano is challenging Keith Lee for the North American Championship. Lots of good stuff. This is all set up for that. What, nothing really more to add, Nick, other than what did you think about Johnny and Candice's heels? Like, we were kind of down on them. Was this a better look for them? I mean, more of the same, but it's, it's, it's war I'm warming up to it, so to speak. What I'm scared – like, I like when there's interweaving storylines like this. What I'm fearful, this seems to be going a lot better than what was happening at the top of the card of the last couple of months between Velveteen Dream 
and uh, Adam Cole and the rest of UE, and then other people were involved. You had Priest in there. Now you've got Dexter Loomis in there and all kinds of stuff going on. That was felt like a mess. This feels a little more organic for some reason that I can't describe. So, yeah, we end up with a couple of really... We got a, we got a six-woman tag match happening at uh, in your house. We've got Johnny Gargano going for the championship against Keith Lee. Somehow, does he get that off of Keith Lee after all this time? That'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I, I'm as far as their heel turns go, it's it's it is what it is. I, I'm still not over the moon about it. I, I still feel like Johnny Gargano should still be Johnny Wrestling. Mm. It was and getting I, old. Just, it was getting it old. It was, but not like this. I'm I'm liking this better than I, I did before. I I thought like scumbag Johnny in his stupid white outfit with, you know. Just the sneering way he's like, I'm not going to get in there and fight you, Mia. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, look at me. I'm in my street clothes. Like, just all, a lot of his mannerisms, it was all growing on me. It, they're feeling more comfortable in it. You know sure. what I mean? So, uh, it was a good look. Um, also, a good look. We had a surprise return. We were having a triple threat tag match for the number one tag team contendership. Undisputed Era, of course, versus Birch and Lorcan versus Breezango. What? They're what? Apparently, Fandango did, just said he wasn't going to undergo surgery for his elbow and wanted to try and fix it with physical therapy, so he was able to come back in six months instead of nine. Nicely done, sir. Welcome back. And he just went all out. That dude was like, you could tell he was he was happy to be off the couch. Yep. And I'll be damned, but uh, of all teams, Breezango, they they pinned Bobby Fish. And they're going on to be the number one contenders for the titles currently held by Imperium, who are the new champs. Right. And an extra little spanner was thrown into this at the end because out came, at the end, out came Imperium to stare down Brizango. But then behind them, into Cher, the two big Indian guys with Malcolm Bivens came out to stare down everybody. So, interesting. I still haven't locked in what their names are yet. I hear them say it, but I, I, I can't absorb it and repeat it. It was kind of like the first, I don't want to hey, butcher it. The first few times I heard a common raise R, I was the same way. So, yeah. it'll then they're Indian AOP. So, the, <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> is that what we're going to call the Indian, Indian AOP? Indian AOP. So far, is what they are to me. I, I hope that's not two insult, big dudes but, who come out and huff and puff and beat people yeah. up. Yeah. All they're missing is the teenage swap Ninja. out Paul Ellering for Michael the, the, for right, Michael the TMNT mask <laughs> is all they're missing. Right. So, okay, Nick, maybe we were. We spoke too soon about the tag division. That's five good tag teams right there. Yeah, this manifested out almost out of nowhere. And that's not even including, um, well, I mean, obviously, we don't have any of the Brit tag teams right now. But, um, you know, you, that, that's, a, that's a few good tag teams. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Brizango being the challenger for the tag titles? Like, is that appropriate or is that kind of underwhelming? Uh, I don't want to be mean. Filler? Yeah, that time passer, right? I guess that's the that's the that's the what my gut feeling, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hope that's not taken the wrong yeah. way or out of context. But it's just they're good hands. They're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, they they they, I they hit the throttle. I I was a huge Fondango mark back in the day. Oh, dude, they're entertaining as hell. I mean, and we of course we had Fashion Police. We both loved that. They're fantastic. Their chemistry is amazing. Their Fondango does some still does some crazy shit in the ring. Uh, it, even though he's getting up there, uh, es- Esme in the chat is getting really mad at us for calling them filler and good hands. Uh oh. 
Esme, I, I'm sorry, but here's the problem. That's what they've been established as, permanent mid-carders. And it's, it's, it's partly because Fandango's been injured constantly, and Brizango, aside from that, is very rarely doing anything, maybe like once in a while on 205 Live. He mostly lives on Up, Up, Down, Down. Yeah. Um, they're basically the comic Birch and Lorcan. They're just there. Yeah. They're going to entertain you. Like Birch and Lorcan, I'm always looking forward to their matches because they're going to beat somebody up. They're not going to be tag champs. Not anytime no. soon. No. They got to be made to be way more legitimate. Um, so, yeah, Indus Share is going to get the tag champions before Brizango. Unless they decide to just reward them for years of service. But, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, Imperium feels more legitimate as a tag team champions than they do. It's just Kyle with the $5 super chat says so happy Brizongo is back. They've mm -hmm. been missing ingredient, the missing ingredient NXT. They were the great comic relief, but serious act that breaks things up. I agree. They, that's, yeah. feel, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Kyle. They're a great act. They are a great act. They're, they're fun. They're funny. They're, they both can work their asses off in the ring. Um, but, you know, until they until they get on a run, I yeah, I don't see them putting the belts on them. Yeah, I prove me wrong. I hope I would love to be wrong. I would love I to would be wrong. Absolutely, be love to be just popped in the mouth with them being champions. Yep, yep, yep. Until it happens, I my, I, I stand on my case. Yep. Let's tear through the rest of NXT here, Nick. Yep. We had Tony Nese and Swerve Scott have a nice, a very solid, very physical match. Um, even with some interference by Jack Gallagher, Swerve Scott picks up the win. He went and faced Jack Gallagher on 205 Live. I like the fact that these three guys are now circling each other after the, the Cruiserweight tournament. There's more storyline they got out of that tournament. Story out of a tournament, yes. Beautiful. <laughs> That's why you have tournaments. That's why yes. I'm glad they're doing more and more tournaments. It's fantastic. Uh, Cameron Grimes got a win over Bronson Reed. I got I to give props to both these guys in this match. Yeah. They made each other look good. Cameron got the win. I know they're they're really high on Cameron right now, but I love you. You and I both love Jonah Rock. We love us some Bronson Reed. So it was nice to see him and get like look good in this match. I have a question for you, sir. And dangerous. Yeah. Cameron Grimes has been on a tear. Yes, he has. He, he beat Finn Balor. Yep. Beat Damian Priest. Yep. Uh, he's beating everybody. He's, he's he is winning. He has no match tomorrow. No, he doesn't. It's not time yet. It's not time. Okay. It's not time. Okay. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to throw time. that out there. He, he's one of those heels where the more he wins, the more goddamn obnoxious he is. And if we get, the second we get crowds back, remember how hot he, oh, they hated him. They hate Cameron Grimes. Oh. And the more he wins, the more people, are, when they come back, are going to be like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Keep him hot. It's great. It's, his time is coming. Indeed. There's no room yet, but his time is coming. Uh, Robert Stone is trying to move on from Chelsea Green. She dumped him last week, dumped his services, and now he's going back to Aaliyah, who he initially had said, nah, I don't need you. Well, now he's like, please show me a reason to hire you, please. And Aaliyah could not beat Santana Garrett. So once again, he's like, God, what am I? Oh, my God. He's all disheveled now. He's a mess. Um, if this is where the way they're going with the storyline, I'm not mad at it, Nick. If Chelsea Green is indeed getting called up, this is the way to do Robert Stone. Yep. This, is a, this is good. This is character storyline. Make him sort of desperate to sure. find and, his next representative, you know? And now you've given him a place to go with his character. You've given Aaliyah a place to go with her character. She now has, like, some sort of redemption arc where she's going to get better and better. He's got to, you know, they both have to evolve. That's interesting. Yes. So, good, good on them. I'm glad that they are saving that ship. Um, 
We had, and then we had a bunch of, we had a bunch of packages. We had a bunch of video packages. We had a package for Charlotte, Io Shirai, and Rhea Ripley, and their three-way match this uh, this Sunday for the women's championship. That was pretty good. I don't know if they established that any woman can win it per se, <laughs> but it did make that the match seem exciting. Was so good. Both these packages were good. We also had a package with oh. uh, Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, where they had a whole bunch of people weighing in on the match. And Dream was rollerblading around and saying, you know, Adam Cole, you've done all this stuff to screw me over. Well, finally, I'm going to get mine back. And Adam Cole and all of the uh, Undisputed Era were out celebrating at a restaurant and, and ordering lots of bread, which I thought was particularly hilarious given how, uh, how little body fat all of them have on their bodies. Um, yeah, these packages were good, Nick. But I felt like they were necessary to make both of these feuds work. Like you really, they were trying to establish the women as all being on the same level where I don't feel like they've been presented that way yet. And they've got to make us care about Dream and Cole because they have not been able to do that on the week to week. This package this week was the closest they've gotten me to. It was the closest they've gotten, but man, they had to work hard to do it. Do you know what I mean? Leave it, leave it to NXT to make some and WWE in general to make some video packages to make me give a shit about a feud that I previously did right. not... I had basically written off. Maybe right. stick to video packages, guys. Like, right. <laughs> just play two uh, hours of... Let your editing team make two hours of content. That yeah. EO Shirai package, too, made... God, that was deep. Oh, and had her speaking in Japanese the whole time and then had little quips uh, in English. Oh, man. That one was... And, and Rhea's was fantastic. I'm up at 5.30 in the morning. I don't have to be up. I don't have anything to do right now. But you yeah. know what? I know this is what I got to do. Yep. Work out like yes! work out like a beast. Uh, this is what I got. Yes. And then you have Io, it was very very interesting contrast to how they presented all of them. Io Shirai like in this moody artistic. She's in a she's in like a big vat of water, like moving in slow motion, and like she's like she's in outer space, and you know, very appropriate to her character. And then Charlotte, of yes. course, being Charlotte and being like, though they, they you know they showed her working out with no makeup on, just. Like, yep, I am, I am the pinnacle of WWE, and I just have to work to keep there. I liked how they framed Rhea, where they were like, you, I was the hottest damn thing. I ended 2019 the hottest thing in the company, and I ran into a wall at WrestleMania. Yep. Like, like, nice, that's a great way to frame it. So that's great, but again, the Dream and Cole one, I felt like they were working way too hard to sell something that should have been, should have, should have been a, a, a home run. And yes. now they're like having to make up for lost time or lost effort. Finally, we had um, to throw another little 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 twist here. Dexter Loomis still has his eyes on Undisputed Era as well, including Adam Cole. He was uh, well, I would say interviewed, but the, he was backstage, and they asked him, you know, what are you thinking? He didn't say anything. He just went off screen for a second, came back with an easel. And I don't know, I don't know if y'all know, but in real life, Dexter Loomis is an incredible artist. And they show him start to draw. He turns his back to the camera so you can't see what he's doing. He starts to draw, and then they, they black out. When they come back, he's finished the drawing. If you go online, they actually have a fast-forward where you can see he, just, he does the whole thing. There's no trickery here. He really did draw this. He steps away, and it's this really cool cartoon. The kind of thing you'd get at like a theme park where you go like sit down. Like, well, yeah, a caricature. Like you did a theme park, you know, you and your you and your significant other and your kids sit down, and then the, the guy just draws a quick caricature of you, and you pay like fifty bucks for it. It's one of those, and it was him driving driving a car with the undisputed era all tied up in the back. No Kyle O'Reilly, interestingly enough, but all of the active members 
tied up in the back as he's driving away with them. Um, so I'm curious how that fits into everything. Curious if Dexter uh, Loomis costs Adam Cole the title. Yeah, and mm. can I just give a little hat tip to Kyle O'Reilly with a big beard and a hat? <laughs> Sticking his head out of the limousine going, hey, guys. Doing, doing an Ace Ventura out the limo. Going, Guess who's back? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Dexter Lewis is amazing. I've been on board with his stuff. Well, that's what that's actually Kyle in the super chat. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Five dollars. He says Dexter Loomis is amazing, and I'll quote everything he says. Doesn't say much, man. A few words. It'll be well, easier. It'll be easier to remember. Think that's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Thank very you, easy, Kyle. Very easy. Very quotable. That guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm loving what they're doing with him so far, um, and actively taking the man's real life skills and using them like this is pretty great. Even though, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the juxtaposition of like the weird caricatures is kind of funny. Anyway. That is NXT, Nick. We've got to give some picks. We've got yes. to give some picks for In Your House, which is happening this weekend. I actually tweeted tomorrow. Alicia Taylor. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. I tweeted Alicia Taylor this morning uh, where she was saying that, you know, one of the, like, long, long time ago, In Your House came to her hometown and she wasn't able to see it. And now she's announcing for it. Um, and I, I've said, you know, you should totally do In Your House in, a de- in like a death metal growl. In your you like just fucking go for it yeah and she says well i don't know if i'll be able to do it this time maybe i have to wait for war games oh come on come on come on <laughs> fingers crossed maybe maybe she'll give us a nice big death growl in your house this weekend but we'll see i don't know if in your house is really <laughs> the one you do that for but that, that's why it would be funny so here we go the pick is for in your <laughs> mia yim shotzi blackheart and tegan knox versus dakota kai raquel gonzalez and Candice LeRae, who do you have here, sir? Uh, faces. Shotzi, Tegan, Mia. Faces. Faces? The faces? The faces. The faces. Man, those heels need a win. Man, those heels need a win. The thing here is I feel like it'll be the opposite of how it goes in the Keith Lee-Johnny Gargano match. Bingo. And I'm on the fence if Keith Lee retains here. I'm deeply on the fence because... Bingo. There's a well, rumor. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm picking the faces here because I'm going to pick Johnny Gargano. To yeah, win yeah. North American Championship. Damn. Those, are, I'll, I'll give you both of those at the same time. Yeah, and I have a feeling this will be the pre-show, and they'll want to warm up the crowd. Yeah, faces you know what? Win. Faces win. You're right. Yep. 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 I'm going with you. Going with you. I don't see anything else that's going to be on the pre-show except for maybe. No, nah, they're not going to put the tag, tag team title shows on the pre-show. No. Yeah. Faces win. I'm with you. Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross's first match on NXT. Who do you have in this one? I don't know how Karrion Cross doesn't win this match. I I literally can't think of. Yep. It, it's got to be Karrion Cross. And, and I I say this on the back of saying I don't know how Lance Archer can't win the TNT Championship, even though two weeks out it makes sense to me now, I, and I get it. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the time I was like, it had it's has to be Lance Archer. He's dead without it. I, I don't know how Karrion Cross doesn't win this match. Karrion Cross easily. That's yeah, no no question. You took the words out of my mouth. There's no way he doesn't win this match. It's his debut match. They're obviously insanely high on him. Yeah. Uh, there's no way he doesn't win this. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. We've seen uh, Finn able to fall to a Cameron Grimes. Yeah. So that that doesn't mean he's not Finn... in. He's not impervious. Exactly. But I think Finn Balor's going to win here. Yeah. Same. 
Finn, need, I, again, because he's just lost to Cameron Grimes, because he's just been kind of floating around since he came back to NXT, which I never thought I would say. Finn Balor came to NXT, and there, he's just floating around doing nothing. What? What? He was doing something they with even, Walter. He even brought back the Prince. It went over like gangbusters. Yeah. Awesome. He was doing something with Walter. He did a program with Walter, and then all of this hit, and then pfft, that went away. This Damian Priest feud feels like time filler. Um, yeah, I... This this has to be Finn. Finn's got to get some. He's got to get some wins here, and then afterwards go on to challenge whoever's the champ, which we'll get to in a yeah. second. Breezango versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to turn into a three with into share, but for right now, it's being uh, it's just a, it's a straight up one on one match. Who do you have this Imperium? One? Imperium. Imperium. You Sorry, and I, Esme. you and I, have yet to disagree, Nick. I. I don't see any way that Imperium drops them this quickly. I don't see any way that they just, they just put them on no. them. There's no way. Keith the, Lee. the only logic I could make out of that is that Walter's not available. Imperium feels splintered, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's not going to be Brazango. Yeah. Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. I think we're on the same page here as well, sir. One, yeah, Johnny. two, three. Johnny, Johnny Gargano. Yep. I have a feeling this is this might be the one pay per view that we've ever done that we agree on everything. Charlotte versus Well, well. <laughs> don't say that just yet. <laughs> Jinx on myself, jinxing myself. Charlotte versus Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. What happens in this one? Io Shirai. Oh my goodness. Io, what? She pins Rhea? She ain't pinning Charlotte. Unless they go nuts. I don't know. I I am Put it in my eye holes, <laughs> this match. Seriously. Seriously. And, uh, like, I, on a pay-per-view now, we've seen it. We've seen a little little teaser of it, a little, little sprinkling of it throughout several matches uh, on NXT TV. I think Io Shirai, if I had to really book something here, I think Io Shirai pins Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I think that would make for a good story with her um, just because – but now here is the problem, though. She's got a beef with Charlotte. I think this has to come back to Rhea and Charlotte at some point. I think Charlotte – I think it I think will. Charlotte Maybe tames. it goes off to the side of the championship for, for, for now. Maybe. And they go, have, they go have a blood feud. You know, Like EO costs Rhea this. I don't know. I'm already – here's why I'm worried is EO already feels like a third wheel. She feels like she's just here to eat the pin so Rhea doesn't have to. And I think mm. Charlotte retains by pinning Io. I think that she, Charlotte tapped both of them out. So I don't, I don't think that's going to be... I don't know if it's going to be a tap out, but I have a feeling that like Rhea will take out Io and Charlotte will pick up the easy pin or something where Io is somehow protected a bit but still eats the pin. I'm taking Charlotte on this one. I think okay. they've done too much to build her up as being a champion right now. They don't have anything for her on the main roster. Um, and Lord knows I don't really want her going for a main roster championship right now. Uh, I don't see her. I don't see Charlotte dropping it till around SummerSlamish, okay. maybe until maybe even later. So, Charlotte Flair, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. This is an interesting one, Nick, because if Adam Cole drops that championship belt, there ain't nothing keeping him from going to AEW by the fall. Dream or Cole? Who do you have? 
lost it. Where's my, there it is. It was hiding behind the can. Oh, you're getting your nerd dice? Your 20-sided nerd die? Yeah, okay. That was a pretty confident roll. That was a 17. All right. Velveteen Dream. The dream he goes for. My goodness. Even with all of the controversy hanging around him. Well, that's the only unknown right now is are they ready to pull the trigger on him? Yeah. I'm mostly doing this to give us a little bit of differentiation here, but at the same time... Well, that sucks. I, I was going to pick Dream too. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's going to come down to the women's match? Really, dude? All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was, I was rolling on. Do I pick Dream or not? And oh, I hit a 17, so that's pretty strong. So, yeah, I'll take Dream. I'll take Cole. I will take Cole. <laughs> just differentiate, and that may come back and bite me in the ass. Yeah. <sighs> so it's down to two matches for us. Down to two, down to the two big matches. For yeah. Christ's sake. And you're like, we're gonna pick everything the same. Yeah, and then of course it comes down to two matches. God damn it, Nick. Or one, really. Oh, no, you are pretty cold. Yeah. Okay, fine. I have a feeling that they'll give those women some time. Do I have a feeling Ciampa versus Cross is going to be a squash? I have a feeling it's going to be a squash. Like two Saitos, and then he gets him in the the Cross jacket or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just saying. Mm. Well, this is going to be an interesting pay-per-view. I think it will really give us an idea where NXT is going next because there are some definitely some trajectory changers if they happen. If Keith Lee drops that title, he may be calling up to the main roster. If Dream wins, Cole may be going to AEW. If Charlotte loses, she may have something to do on the main roster as well. Like This, this is going to show us some trajectories tomorrow. So y'all check it out with us over on Discord. You know where to find us. But right now, Nick, we got to move on from all that NXT stuff and discuss Friday Night SmackDown. We're going to kick things off with what happened at the end today. Uh, at the end of the show, we had a tag team champion, women's, women's tag team championship match between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Bailey and Sasha Banks. Yes. Which Okay. All right. Like, all right. They set it up last week. They they did. Rant and it kind of came random. out of left field and all of that stuff. Totally and random. we had the Iconics coming back. And I thought that was a hot confrontation between Bliss and Cross. Yeah. And then we took a big old left turn and we went over to Bailey and, and Sasha. This Banks. feels hot shotted as hell. This feels yep. like someone got a bee in his bonnet last yep. week. Well, we can't break up Bailey and Sasha unless there's titles involved. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. But like it was a what, really good match. It was a really good match. I'm, and, I'm, I'm finding a hard time critiquing anything other than the logic. Hashtag WWE. Well, this is the thing is that it. The, the only thing I have to critique is it's sloppy. You had a tag team title feud going on on Raw, and then you just arbitrarily were like, no, we need them on SmackDown. So Alexa, Nikki, go over to SmackDown and lose to Sasha and Bailey so that they can become the tag champs again. And that's what happened. Straight, Charl- like, pretty clean. And, and, Char- and Charlotte's going to come get that women's title off of Bailey because she sh- set the records. Now. And sure enough, and sure enough, like, right, because they set up that Charlotte's got beef with Bailey and Bailey's the one woman who has her number. You might be, you might not be wrong. Nick. God damn. Um, but you know, as you would expect, Sasha Banks saves Bailey's ass. Bailey gets overconfident. Um, almost loses the whole thing for them. Sasha ends up tagging herself in and 
and getting a, a crucifix pin, surprise win on Nikki Cross, as you would expect. And they are the tag team champs, and they celebrate. And the celebration was hilarious. Becky uh, Bailey did an awesome, really obnoxious heel celebration. Props there. They're so heavy. It's so much gold. She's like dragging <laughs> them back, pedaling. I, I thought it was fantastic. That was a great line. They're so heavy. I've got so much gold. So much gold. <laughs> Good job, Where's Bailey. Where's the iconics? Good job, Why the iconics blindside them and they... attack them to go out on the show? And, and that's I'm just the going, iconics. The iconics even tweeted <laughs> out like, um, I guess. Well, we still want to. We still want those tag team titles. Like, what are they going to do now? What? Is, uh, so yeah, we've hamstrung that feud in the service of making Bailey and Sasha breaking up mean more, and they've given more. Like, it's it's a classic Vince move where the feud doesn't matter unless there's t- like titles involved somewhere. And I guess they wanted to legitimize this Sasha. One more time into the microphone so everybody hears me. At some point, we're going to have to move on. From the four horsewomen of NXT, you can't just give them keep that, give that, them all that the titles. That time is not yet now, Nick. <laughs> I, I know, but Vince, that time is not yet. At come. some point, you're going to have to build oh. other women. Mm-hmm. You sound like people talking about John Cena in 2009. You got a long way to go yet, Nick. You got a long. You're going to be sitting here for a long time. All right. Um, so yeah, I'm with you though, Nick, this match was great. I do get, I mean, here's a, here's a thing. Like I hate that Vince always does this, but it does make Sasha and Bailey obviously being on a breakup trajectory that much more interesting that they're also now the tag champs. Um, it does legitimize them as a team. It's hard to argue Alexa with that Bliss logic. Also, is back to form. Like I, I, she's back to her like original move set. She's working really well in the ring. She's yeah. not doing botchy stuff like she got to doing two, three or four years in. Like I, I'm really and Nikki she's working Cross harder. Is fantastic. She's working. And Nikki's yeah, the yeah, energy work, between workforce. all of these ladies was awesome. I actually, I'm usually not a fan, nor is Simon Miller, but I'm usually not a fan of surprise roll-ups. This one actually works for me. Okay, good. I was hoping you'd say that because it absolutely Because of worked. the way that it was executed with Bailey in the surprise tag, dragging her back over to the corner so Sasha could do it. And then it looked like Nikki had Sasha. It looked Sasha. like a reversal. It looked like it, a reversal. And it, was a, that, it was a legit reversal into a crucifix. A, a, a canny, skillful wrestler would do to get that surprise pin. It worked. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, there's... While on the one hand, we're sitting here going, why put the titles on them? On the other hand, it's like, all right, it, all right, it, yeah, okay, all right. I really, the only, the only thing I, I'm going to have beef about is what do you do now with Bliss Cross, Applesauce, and, uh, and the Iconics? That's the only thing I've got. It's the only thing I've got. I don't know. Yeah. That's weird. Um, over in the intercontinental title picture, we had a face-to-face in the ring between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, who both were at the top of their promo game, talking to each other about how uh, AJ was a coward for taking the bye last week, and Daniel Bryan was stupid for having to go, th- you know, putting everything on the line and saying, well, no, I'm going to do like what I already promised to do and fight somebody for the opportunity to face for the Intercontinental Championship. Well, the retort to that was, Daniel Bryan said, yeah, I, I wanted to face people because I'm a fighting guy. I want to make sure it's legitimate. If I win this, I want people to say he worked for it. And once I have it, I want to make sure that people know that I'm going to work to keep it because that's who I am. I'm an honorable fighting guy. And AJ was kind of taken aback by that. He's like, all right, you know what? You didn't get me with the coward line, but damn, I don't want people to think that I'm not capable of 
fighting a match and winning. So tell you what, Daniel, I'll take out your little buddy, Drew Gulak, your training partner, just to just to show you, give you a one-up. So bring Drew Gulak on out here. I saw him in the back. Let's go. Let me pick apart your little buddy, and I'll show you how good I am. And we get a match between AJ Styles and Drew Gulak. <sighs> Which, what, hang on. We just released some new t-shirts. What is? What did they say? Put it. Put it in my in eye holes. My eye holes, and it was good. It was good in my eye holes. It felt yeah. good in my eye holes. It felt good going in and coming out of my... Wait a minute. So this was a surprise, but not what as I, much of a surprise, Nick, as the finish I, of the match. What I thought this was setting up was AJ putting his block opportunity in the final for the Intercontinental Championship on the line against Drew Gulak as I was watching this. And I was like, "Is he is he really doing this?" But no, it was just a it was just an exhibition. It wasn't. There were no stakes there, as far as I know. Did I miss something? There were somewhere? no stakes other than he wanted to show up, Daniel Bryan. And it's it's funny because usually we bitch about no stakes, but I felt that like the stakes here were his pride. Sure, you know what I mean. He what he yeah. wanted to he wanted to prove a point. He wanted to show Daniel Bryan essentially. Um, and the great thing about it is that really has no payoff. Unless AJ loses. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's been humiliated and humbled. And now, you know, he is damaged goods coming into that intercontinental title picture uh, few, uh, match they're going to have at Backlash. And sure enough, Drew Gulak reversed the, the uh, Styles Clash and beat him. Which, and by it's the beautiful. That bridge that he does, he put when he bridges him, he puts his hands on his elbows and he's everything is pinned. Everything's pinned. It's Oh, my God. You can see why Daniel Bryan fell in love with Drew Gulak. But this is the thing. That's the biggest match of Drew Gulak's career. Yeah. Period. Just beat champion of everything, AJ Styles. Yeah. He's had matches against bigger guys. He's never beaten, I don't think. I don't think. Prove me wrong. Someone tell me if he's beaten a bigger guy on on major TV show. On network TV. Dude just beat AJ Styles. Colleen as a whistle. And AJ played it like, and you know, on any given Sunday kind of win, like, you know, I wasn't taking it seriously enough. But you know what? A win's a win, bro. So props to Drew Gulak and also AJ for putting on a great match. It was this was a great setup of character, motivation, story, intention, uh, dynamics. Like this was all around, this whole segment was the for me, it was the best thing on this show. Was Daniel Bryan and AJ killing like killing the promo game. AJ running his mouth, playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes when he got beat by Drew Gulag. We had a great match, too. So, mwah. Love it. Loved it. Dynamic J with $2 in the Super Chat says, no stakes or weights. Sorry, had to. Yes. Yep. We did have some Otis, and he was wearing a steak body shirt. So, <laughs> stakes may have been there. We just didn't see them. Right. The ste- stakes, well, the stakes were in Otis's belly, so that's probably where they were. Yeah. Uh, speaking of playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes, Miz and Morrison decided that this was the night they were going to prank Braun Strowman all night long. They were going to mess with him every way that they could. They were hiding in a little white van out in the parking lot with all kinds of monitoring equipment like they were in Mission Impossible. They, uh, and they had cameras set up everywhere, apparently. They, uh, they tainted his, his uh, protein shake so that he tried to pour the water into it and exploded. Like a science project, <laughs> oh, <I'm so> <laughs> and, they, yep, and then they were Beavis and Buttheading over in the in the van, high fiving and and right. yucking it up. Uh, they uh, while he was being interviewed by Caleb Braxton, 
much like you can't do that on television, she got slimed, or the kids, what is Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards? She got I slimed. I heard that. She got slimed from above. Poor Caleb Braxton. She got slimed. A little bit got on Braun, but he was like, I'm so sorry. Miz and Morrison are doing this. These bastards. I'm so sorry, Kayla. And she literally just fumes for a second and goes, those bastards, and walks away, which Kayla. Kayla Braxton blah. got heat with Miz and Morrison. Oh, I can't wait to see that come back Turn around. that into something. Can't wait to see that come back around. Um, and they're in, the, <laughs> they're in the van going, shh. I thought you said you were going to put the bucket on the left. That was the left. Stage left. The no, stage there's left. only one no, left. That's the it? other side. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Like, again, Loved this is it. all like goofy WWE second grade clowning shit. But this would, again, Miz and Morrison sold it so well with the kind of, <laughs> this was funny. And Braun played his part, was the big angry guy. Then Miz and Morrison decided to go to Braun's car. Braun's. I, I want to preface this by saying. Braun's car is a 1986 twin-turbo Buick Grand National. It's gorgeous. There are a limited number of these cars that are not complete rust buckets left in the world. Yeah. There's only a little over 100 of them total. And as he said and at one point are, in the show, he's waited his whole life for this car. Yeah, like, like it was like, for, for Southern boys like myself, that was the muscle car of the 80s. I don't know how he fits in it, to be honest with you. That's, I mean, he's had to have that seat adjusted to right. go even further back. There's no, it's no like Hightower way. Police Academy. He just takes the front seat out and sits in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to preface this by saying when they walked up and as a car guy myself when they walked up to his beautiful immaculate mm. twin turbo 86 buick grand national super sport and they were carrying bat and, and came you know, the golf club I went, oh, no. Oh, oh Do you know oh. how hard to find those headlights? Please don't bash yeah. the headlights. <laughs> the headlights are $4,000 each. Oh, my God. Yeah, my testicles retracted when they did that, too. Like, no, don't do it. Luckily, luckily, as Miz pulls back to swing, he, he swings for the, uh, for the windshield. Uh, they only took out the windshield. So, okay, windshield's replaceable. Oh, my God, that was terrifying. But, of course, Braun comes out like, what have you done? Oh, God, where are they? And they're back hiding in the van going, <laughs> stupid Braun, <laughs> stupid big Braun. <laughs> and Braun grabs one of the security guards. They're like, where are they? And the security guard, of course, goes, uh, they're right there in the van. <laughs> they're both like, son of a bitch. Yeah. And Braun goes over, slams into the van. They're in there going, he can't get in. The doors are locked. So what does Braun do? Look in the camera and go, you two are dead men. And he proceeds to flip the damn van with Loved them it. in it. And then goes, yeah, it feels great. Rawr! And then runs away. Um, so on the Braun one gonna hand, Braun. I'm, I'm glad Braun's he's back. Gonna, Braun's going to Braun. Um, and line drive in the chat, two bucks. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yes. He says, oh, my God, you slime Kayla, you bastards. <laughs> oh, there's another one. He did two of them. Miz needs to work on his golfing backswing. <laughs> it, listen. When you're backswinging hit at least he sent the, hit the center of he the windshield the, and not right. the hey. very, very rare parts of that car. <laughs> Charles Barkley can hit 300 yards with that horrible swing of his, all right? Like, as long as you get the job done. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so this was ridiculous. This was second-grade crap. But was it entertaining, and did it work for this feud? Did, did, this, did this work what? for you, Nick? Well, I don't understand the feud. Why are former, <laughs> why are former right. tag team champions right. going after Braun Strowman? 
where's where's Bray Wyatt? Where's yep. the Fiend? What, why why does Braun not have a universal championship contender? Mm-hmm. Like I have I have so many questions. But all that said, of course, me being a Braun Mark, I'm I'm sitting over here just just eating this up. Yeah, right? it was entertaining as hell. And you it, know what? Honestly, it. like I, here's the thing: for anyone who has a criticism of this, you know, every once in a while, not everything has to be serious. Like I don't I don't want things to be juvenile all the time, but like. If for a month you want to have Braun involved in a fun angle, Miz and Morrison are two of the most fun guys in WWE that doesn't feel like they're out of their depth doing the com- – like they genuinely do good comedy. This was genuinely funny. You know, the stuff with the Street Profits and Viking Raiders is dumb. It can be entertaining, but it's also – it's not really that funny. It's just kind of dumb. This was dumb, but it was genuinely funny, and it was because of the antics of Miz and Morrison and because Braun played the straight man so well. You know what I mean? Like, everyone knocked this out of the park. Um, so if for a month we have kind of a goofy little feud for the Universal Championship, and then we get back to the kind of the more serious, dark, Bray Wyatt, Braun stuff, because Bray's off having a kid. Let the man have a kid. We can get back to that for SummerSlam. Okay, sure. we have a little interlude of comedy, a little breath before getting back into the dark. All right, you know what? Fair enough. If it's going to be as entertaining it's as this... backlash, too. Who cares? Exactly. No, no, Exactly. <laughs> It's the perfect timing. Like, cool, let's have a yeah. goofy little feud to all, you know, kind of chuckle at. They're not making it. It's not the main event. It's just something that's happening on the sidelines. Fine. Yeah. It's your universal it's perfect cha- to give Braun enough fire and, and, and stuff to yeah. go out and just and absolutely he still looks murder good. Miz and Morrison. He still looks backlash. good. He's still Braun Strowman. He's, he's a, he can flip a car, and both these guys are genuinely terrified of him physically. Like, it doesn't make him seem any less intimidating. So, right. all right, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Um, also... Fine, but strange. Otis, your Mr. Money in the Bank, came out with Mandy, and uh, on his way out to the ring, he happened to steal the crown of one King Corbin, who immediately... That was a, there's kind of a lot of second-grader stuff going on in this show, Nick. <laughs> Between the I can't imagine why. Bailey and Sasha being the mean girls, you got Miz and Morrison playing, like, you know, little little pranks on Braun Strowman, and then you have... You know, Otis being like, oh, look at this, look at this here crown. I'm going to take this crown. And Corbin would be like, where is my crown? Who took my crown? Oh, uh, why did you let so why'd you let someone take my crown? And they had a match. But this was bizarre because Corbin ends up getting on Otis outside of the ring uh, and gets himself DQ'd, grabbed it, uh, Hit, hit him with a steel chair, gets a DQ, and then when they get back in the ring and I expect a, a Corbin beat down on Otis, Otis ends up beating down Corbin, uh, hits him with a, with, a, with a caterpillar or a worm or whatever the hell. Caterpillar. And then that's it. Otis stands tall. What? Why have, him, why have the DQ? If Otis is winning anyway and he's standing tall anyway, did you just not want Corbin to get pinned? Maybe. Maybe. That was just weird. Yeah, it was just weird. It's ticky tack. Yeah. It's just it, it it's 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 details. No, yeah. it's and I'm not sure why in WWE you start caring about details like that all of a sudden. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We say things sometimes to keep people looking strong and like that. That was useless here. There was no need to. If we're gonna have a little ha- feud, have Otis win clean or have them DQ'd. If but I, I don't one or the other. Pick one. You can't have yeah. both. Right. It's just, it was weird. It was weird is all I'm saying. It's not a big deal at the end of the day. It's nitpicking, but it's, it's weird. If you're going to have a feud between Otis and Corbin, by the way, that you have to have either Otis steal his crown and keep it because it's a hilarious visual, or 
have Corbin come out with the crown and have Otis come out with like a Burger King crown. Yes. Yes. I'm just saying. Or say, here, I'm sorry I borrowed your crown, and he hands him a Burger King crown back. Sure. Maybe, maybe he breaks the crown, you know? And then Corbin is like typically Corbin pissed off, like, come on! Come on! <laughs> really? Really? This is... <laughs> I can't believe this! Um, I can't believe what they did to Sonya Deville on this show. Speaking of, of Mandy, from Otis and Mandy, Sonya had another match with Lacey Evans. And if you recall last week, Nick... Their match was lights out fire, ended in a DQ countout, and both got counted out, and it was awesome. It was physical. It was badass. Both women looked awesome. And it looked like this how this was match was going as well. They looked awesome. They were badass. It was super physical. At one point, the ref got hit in the knee, and he expl- his knee exploded, and he had to get someone else to come in, and referee Jess came in to cover for him, which didn't make much sense. I didn't understand why they had to have the ref spot. It didn't make any sense because the ending had nothing to do with the ref. No. The, the ending was Mandy showing up on the screen and being like, Hey, Sonia, guess what? You suck. You can't wrestle. Hey, so- hey Sonia. And then Sonia's seeing this and is being like, I hate you. I'm going to kill you. And while she's distracted, Lacey gets up behind her and women's right. And she's out. One, two, three. Lacey picks up the win. So... On the one hand, at least they protected Sonia. It wasn't a clean win. But it's not that much protection. Why is Sonya losing this match? Why are we still doing this Mandy thing? I feel like, and maybe this is just me, Nick. Tell me what you feel. I feel like Sonya is so far beyond Mandy right now, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. And I'm way more invested in Sonya versus Lacey at this point. I, and, I, and I think we're going to be fine. I want I I everybody okay. to just take Convince a breath. me because I'm worried. I want, Convince me. I want everybody to take a breath because no, Mandy worried. is taking a little bit more of a position of a valet for Otis. And if that ha- and, and it's fine for for to take little jabs like that to cause distractions that lead to losses because that just fires Sonya up even more. I don't think this is gonna take away from Sonya versus Lacey, even after the we had the amazing match last week. I think this is just going to fuel it even more. Maybe, but I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, okay, and this is just me. I don't want Mandy involved in this anymore. Have Sonya move on. Push her to the damn moon. Put yes. the rockets on her. That woman is freaking gold. Gold. Yep. And I know that you always have to have your blondes going over in WWE, but God damn it. <laughs> I want her to have a Becky Lynch moment where despite everything that they're doing to try to, to hamstring her, she gets over despite them. I mean, you can't do that without a crowd, unfortunately. But damn, I want Sonya to, to just get pushed. And this was not it. Um, I'm hoping next week she just absolutely annihilates Lacey Evans or something to get to get it back. Um, now, I don't think we're I done just, with this Lacey Sonya. I hope yet. not because I love how they work together. They work together yep. so well. I mean, even the commentary was saying this is the most physical women's match we've seen in a long time, and yep. it was, and it was awesome. Two yes. badass chicks, one who's ex MMA, one who's ex military. Both of them know how to genuinely fight, and they're in there brawling and and being technical at the same time. It's badass. Kyle with the super chat. $2 again. Thank you, sir, so much. Uh, Sonya versus Lacey, a.k.a. how to ruin a match and a face. Uh, I'm, I'm not there yet, I man. Wouldn't say Honestly, it was, I wouldn't say it was ruined. Well, I mean, definitely Sonya's face got ruined by that punch, at least in kayfabe. <laughs> but it was... It was it, it, I, I definitely was not happy coming out of it. 
But I as you wanted said, ver- I wanted 2.0 or round two of what we got last week. Yeah. But if we're going to insert a little WWE into this, sprinkle a little on it, I'm not I'm not out of sorts with it. Oh, interesting. He's, he's clarifying that he meant the face being Mandy. I don't think they ruined Mandy. I think Mandy, if anything, that's just who she is. And it's, yeah, it was, I don't know. That's, that's just her not portraying what I think she should have, or they wanted her should, she, I don't know. It, it was awkward as hell. Yeah. Having her up on the screen and be like, hey, Sonya! Hey! Yeah, it was not good. I, I think I think it's going to be fine. Okay. Well, what's not fine is the fact that still there. Okay. Well, you stay skeptically optimistic. I'm, I'm more on the skeptical side. I'm worried as hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, also not fine the fact they're still calling Chad Gable that name. That name referencing his height. Uh, he's still getting bullied backstage by Mojo Raleigh, who made a whole bunch of short jokes. And Cesaro, who just walked up and punched him. And luckily, the two of them got chased off by the New Day, which, of course, means we've got a a three-on-three tag match, New Day and Chad Gable versus Cesaro, Mojo Rawley, and Nakamura. Oh, God, how the mighty have fallen. Um, Now, if you were paying very close attention because the audio wasn't that high, when the New Day came down the ramp, they stopped midway. Kofi says, here's Gable. And I was like, (gasps) Gable. His name is, say his name. We speak your name. Yes. We speak your name. His name is Robert. His name is Chad Gable. Say his goddamn name. Yeah. Chad Gable. Chad Chad, Gable. Chad. Chad. Yes. Is bad enough. The man is saddled with the name Chad. Now to all our Chads out there, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But you can't call him the name they call him. That's just, it's such bullshit. It's such goddamn bullshit. And to just have it be all the time, oh, guess what, you're short. <laughs> stupid, stupid short, stupid short guy. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Mojo Raleigh coming in and being like, well, let me, let me say this in, in a short sentence. <laughs> I don't want it to go over your head. <laughs> Shut up! Stop it! Hashtag no. be a star. Ugh. Uh, makes me so insane. I don't know if they're going for like an actual bullying angle. If they're going to do it, just do it. Just freaking do it. Say it's a bullying angle. Have Michael Cole hit it right on the nose like he always does with everything. And just say it's a goddamn bullying angle and stop with this nonsense. It's stupid. It's infantile. It's juvenile. And unlike some of the second grade stuff they had on this show, it's frustrating and annoying. And it's even weirder because he didn't even pick up the pin after all of this. Kofi Kingston was the one who picked up the pin. So why, why have anything? Why have Chad even there? What was the point? If you're going to give someone else the pin. I thought the story was about Chad and the New Day coming to his defense. And he can't even win. The, man, the man's a goddamn Olympian. <laughs> Put respect on his name. Put the respect on his name. Ugh. I don't know where this is going. I don't care. Jeff Hardy, however, we know where that's This is another thing that, that pissed me off. And then we're going to go and do something positive, Nick. Jeff Hardy came out to the ring at the top of the show to say that he did not slip. He was KO'd when he showed up to the event, woke up smelling like booze, and was put in jail. He was very dramatic, talking about how the, the chains were cutting into his wrists. And it was agonizing, and he just pontificated and agonized over this until he accused Seamus of being the one to do this to him because he said that someone with red hair was seen fleeing the scene. So Seamus, get your ass out here and let's brawl. And sure enough, they did. Brawl they did at the top of the ramp until Jeff Hardy ate a bro kick, and Seamus stood tall and laughed at him and 
All right. So they're having a blood feud because Seamus apparently framed Jeff Hardy as someone who fell off the wagon. Is this... I don't want to come so, across as being overly sensitive here, Nick, but is this, the, is this a, like just a tasteless twist to this angle? So Seamus staged a DUI hit and run, <laughs> putting a man in the hospital yes. with broken ribs, and I forget what else they said Elias had. Oh, some they made up Ru- something else. Contu- potentially I- ruining his, sorry, excuse me, a local medical Contus facility. Contuse dorsi. Right. All just to bro kick Jeff Hardy again. <laughs> what? To to what it like? What, well, we know what even ha- is happening here. They're having a match at at Backlash. They're trying to get some serious heat under this feud, and their way to do that was to have Jeff Hardy relive some of the darker moments of his life, which are very recent. The guys had problems with drugs and alcohol for twenty freaking years. And you're having him go out there and do this oh. storyline. Well, no, no, because he didn't actually do it. But you're still you're you're making you're, him talk you're about it. it. <laughs> you're making him talk about it and go through it and relive this. What do you? Yeah, it's. I don't know. Of all the things you could have done to heat up this feud, this one just seems desperate. Yep. And this is what you open the show with <laughs> twice, <laughs> two weeks in a row. My Sorry, goodness. I know I'm yelling. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Feel, you feel strongly about this. I'm wound up. This is stupid. This is your North Carolina boy going out there. Not, we should be helping Jeff, okay? And and that's yep. Uh, genuinely. Yep. We should if be helping find, him. And if re- they find Seamus did this, he doesn't go to jail, then, then the logic is totally off. That's two felonies. Right. Yes, <laughs> felonies. Like, he's going to prison. mockery of it. And someone's difficulties with sobriety. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, look, what we've, had, we've had some crazy shit happen in the past. People didn't get a, you know, Roman Roman tried to kill, like, legit kill Braun Strowman. <laughs> and everything was fine. Like, Stone Cold legit tried to kill, like, you know, Stone Cold had a gun and did a home invasion on Brian Pillman. Like, all right, fine. There's a lot of stuff where WWE, like, doesn't even pay attention to, like, the law. All right, fine. Yeah, the, the, the drunken history stuff is just, is, is garbage. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. See, and, and yeah, of course, Dog Ziggler is a big Jeff Hardy fan. He can't stand this either. So, yeah. Thank you for weighing in, Dog, Dog Ziggler. Dog Ziggler, and that is SmackDown, Nick. That was SmackDown. Some hits, some misses, some absolutely juvenile shit, which also some of it was a hit, some of it was a miss. Uh, it was all over the place. L- listen, we we had a banger ta- women's tag team match. We had AJ versus Drew Gulak. Ah, we had a ah. lot of fun with Miz and Morrison all throughout the thing. So I that's what I'm rating this on. All of the rest of it was Kyle good. in the super chat with the line, the line of the show. He said, "499, thank you again, sir, for the contribution." He says, "All this angle did is tell me it's not safe to walk with Elias. <laughs> Certainly not safe to cross the street with him. I'll tell you that." But very true, oh sir. Oh my god! Good stuff. Good. That's that's good stuff. That's really that, good. Well, there you go, guys. There you go. That's a good. There, there's the show. Uh, all of our stuff in the books for Takeover in your house tomorrow night as well. We will be arming the Discord, manning the Discord, not arming it, man, arming, manning the Discord for NXT in your house. Takeover NXT Takeover in your house. I'm gonna get it right. It's almost like NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. We had so much trouble with that. Anyway, that means it is time to go over and do what we like to call our moment of positivity. 
Mop, the moment of positivity, the mop. Thank you, Sean Clark, for this idea to do this segment on the show. Uh, yes. It's the moment where we talk about something that happened in the last few days that was positive, Nick. Like, let's look at let's look at everything and take a positive spin for something, something that made us happy, something that warmed the cockles of the cockles of our hearts, something that <laughs> that made you smile and send everyone on out of here with a with a smile on their hearts and a twinkle in their eye. What was the moment in professional wrestling and sports entertainment over the last few days? That you thought was positive. You... This one's really easy. Oh, really? Oh, it, oh. Okay. It's it's Britt Baker tied to the back of a golf cart. <laughs> it's Britt Baker yeah. doing the workout montage, and yeah. just, just, she is at, <laughs> knocking it out of the park. There, there is. I, I, I was inclined to say that Io Shirai video package underwater and all of that, but mm-hmm. th- nothing made me LOL harder than Britt Baker just coming out. <laughs> just on the back of a golf cart and you they, they show you enough of it where you can see it's like ratchet strap her wheelchair's <laughs> tied down to the back of the golf and she's in a seatbelt in the wheelchair dead. yeah yes i'm dead <laughs> that whole thing yes that was mine what about you serene dangerous oh uh, you know i had a bit of a tough time because i was kind of split on almost everything that i saw this week but i'm gonna have to go with my boy dexter loomis doing a live art show on nxt that's just badass and I, I i actually i tweeted out about that i'm like could anyone else have pulled that off besides maybe jerry lawler or bret hart both of whom are noted really good caricature artists as well um if you if you haven't seen either of their stuff go check it out they're they're actually also mad talented i think though i think that dexter loomis might be better than either of them um damn that was amazing and i thought it was so cool of them to actually look at that and feature that it's not even like that in touch with his character like it's a little bit of a weird aside from the character they've built for him so far but he's also such a weird character it's like why not so i yeah i thought you know if you've got people in your company who have these talents these side talents why not show them yeah and that was it was effective it was cool Again, I feel like I feel like they should have on TV shown the sped up version that they had online to really kind of drive home the fact that he genuinely did that. But I also understand why they just cut to commercial and came back. You could have had, you could have done one of those picture in picture things that they do the side by sides with the commercials and just had him drawing there. Yeah. You know, but still, I don't I don't know. It, it, I that's that's a really good one, and I had not seen that time lapse of him drawing it. I, I definitely want to go watch that. It's badass. I, I, but, I'm fascinated by character artists and how they work. Well, you can't see anything. He's got his he's got his back to you the entire time. But oh, gotcha. you're not actually watching okay. him do it. But it's, you see the time lapse. He doesn't basically. You see he doesn't leave. He shows up, starts doing it, and doesn't leave until it's done. It's just basically Damn. proving proving he did it and didn't just like you know, gimmick it, start doing it and then walk away and someone else comes in and does it. And then they come to him at the end. It's like, yep, I did it. You know what yep. I mean? So got it. Yeah, that was, that was great stuff. Well, that's a good one. Well, thank you very much, Syrian dangerous. And thank all of you for joining us today for, 
busted wide open our main show here on Saturdays. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to the channel, youtube.com slash busted wide open, because we are two weeks into doing BWO Daily, mm. our daily news show, where we've, much like we did the listener questions for those OGs that remember those, we took them out and made them their own series. Well, we're taking the other news lightning around, and we made it a daily show for everybody right here on YouTube. So Indeed. more content, more often from you boys at Busted Wide Open. And thank you to everybody today that uh, helped make the launch of the new merch store awesome with all of your purchases. Thank you for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Uh, it is really high-quality stuff, too, so you won't will not be disappointed in it. Uh, thank you guys for making that launch today really, really special. Come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, speaking of the phenomenal ones, our patrons, if you guys would like to get in on some of our exclusive rewards, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. It is one of the best ways to support myself in Sir Ian Dangerous and the show. Uh, you can find all kinds of good stuff like bonus episodes, like the draft we did last mm. night. That one's up there for you patrons. Don't forget about that one. Uh, for those that could not make it live, I'll have the audio version up later tonight, or you can just watch the replay of the video natively and directly right on you on um, uh, Patreon. So patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. You can also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Last but certainly not least, make sure you get into our Discord. You can find links to it down in the description below or over on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere we have it pinned on our social media because tomorrow night, mm. NXT TakeOver in your house, and that is where we will be for live chat throughout the entire show. Yes, we will be doing a uh, recap show immediately following NXT TakeOver in your house tomorrow night. So you will have uh, invites and everything out there for that tomorrow night. Oh, my God, that was a lot of stuff to get out of there. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.